Welcome to the Dream to Destination podcast. Around here, we believe that solo travel is the ultimate freedom. It is also one of the quickest paths to empowerment and personal growth. Have you been dreaming about it, but unsure if you have the confidence to travel solo? Well, I'm here to tell you that you most certainly do. How do I know? Easy. Because if I do, and millions of other women do, then so do you. Hi, I'm Shelly of TravelMexicoSolo.com. Join me here on this podcast each Monday to learn the tried and true tips, tricks, and mindset hacks that I used while traveling solo in Mexico for over two years. You'll also hear stories from other solo female travelers on how they transcended their fears and anxieties to step into their confidence and explore the world solo. So if you're ready to turn your dream of solo travel into your destination, then this podcast was made for you. Now let's dive in. Hello. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. This is the very, very first episode of my podcast. And I will be totally honest with you. I am so excited to be podcasting right now. (laughs) Never thought I'd be podcasting or say the word podcasting. But here we are. So this very first episode is based off of a blog that I wrote, and it is titled Your First Trip Alone, How Social Distancing Prepared You. So as every day, we are one day closer to being fully out of quarantine 2020 and done with this pandemic once and for all, your first trip alone might be creeping into your mind. Now that we can finally start traveling again, you might be finding yourself, as many people are, in a very unique situation, one you may have never been in before, and that is having no one to travel with or no one willing to travel with you at this time and a very serious wanderlust itch that you are just dying to scratch. So if that's you, here's the deal. One, you're in the right place because I'm going to tell you exactly how social distancing actually helped prepare you for your first trip alone. And truthfully, you you were more alone during quarantine than you are ever going to be during solo travel. So the worst of your anxieties in that department should actually be kind of out of the way for you now. So we are going to explore five ways that quarantine and social distancing are going to help you to become the successful solo travel boss babe that you have always wanted to be. So those five tips are one, how to view solo differently, two, how to adapt super quickly, three, how to befriend uncertainty, four, how to go with the flow, and five, how to activate your intuition. So if you are ready, let us dive on in. Is your first solo trip starting to become more and more on your mind? 
Well, now that we can finally you know, begin traveling again, you might be finding yourself in a unique situation. And that is with an insane wanderlust itch that you are dying to scratch and no one to travel with. So how has social distancing and quarantine helped you? Well, the first way is you've been able to redefine what solo looks like. So the technique of visualization works because when you know what something looks like, even if it's only in your mind's eye, you can recreate that exact thing. If you've ever made a vision board or done a goal setting exercise, that's how this works too. You know, they say that if you can hold the image in your mind, you can hold the image in your hands. So I have, I believe one of the biggest barriers to entry for solo travel is that if you've never done it, you can't visualize it. So if social distancing has shown you anything, it's kind of what you look like solo, what you look like alone for an extended period of time. You have some kind of conception of how, you know, it's kind of more calm. You're more calm, collected, you know, you have it a lot more together maybe than you could have ever imagined because let's let's think back to childhood like kindergarten childhood and what happened if you did something bad as a kid what were you what was like the common punishment and one of them was you're sent to the corner by yourself or you're sent to your room by yourself so i think it was like a big unconscious subconscious implantation of the message that solo was bad and i think a lot of people have carried those kind of messages on into adulthood without really even noticing so if so if, if social distancing and quarantine have shown you anything it's that solo does not have to be bad it just means being alone and like any of that other stigma that we attach to it, it's kind of of our own doing. But the great part about choices, like choosing to attach social stigmas to the word solo, is that you can unchoose your choice just as easily as you chose it. So now that you have some kind of idea of what you look like as a person who hangs out solo for an extended period of time, you probably saw that it honestly wasn't as uncomfortable or awkward as you might have once thought it to be. In fact, there are a lot of articles that said that a lot of people actually enjoyed the, enjoyed the period of social distancing, especially, uh, hello to my fellow introverts out there. Uh, it was actually supernatural for not supernatural like superheroes it was actually very natural for for me and maybe for you too although popular opinion would lead us to believe that being solo is like bad or wrong or it implies we have no friends but yeah like i said being solo simply means you are a person by yourself so i'm going to invite you to to do a little thought exercise with me and I have an initial thought and then a revised thought. So the initial thought is sort of like a default thought based on 
you know, social standards and messaging that we get through media or through friends and family that, you know, it's just kind of put upon us. We're not really, we're not, we don't really have a choice in that thinking. It's just kind of like, this is the way that things are, and this is what you must believe. So the initial thought in this exercise is you're, you're out somewhere, let's say, with your friends, a couple, like, three other girlfriends, and maybe you're at a, a cafe or, or whatever, and in comes a, a chick in, like, a really fun, like, white lace dress, and she has long brown hair and sunglasses and peach lipstick and ballet flats, and hopefully you can picture her a little bit now. And you're sitting at your table with your three friends and this chick comes in by herself and sits at the table next to you. And like you and your friends kind of go silent. So what would you all most likely be thinking in this situation? And it would be something along the lines of this initial thought. People who eat alone are so sad. What is wrong with this girl? Why does she not even have a single friend to eat brunch with? That must be so horrible. I could never eat alone. I would be so bored. I would be so anxious. It would be so awkward. I would act so weird. I would freak out the server. You know, you, you can imagine where, where, how far down the rabbit hole this goes. So once you kind of acknowledge that you're thinking that, you can consciously revise your thought to something along these lines, like, whoa, look at this complete badass chick. Like, she did not have to wait on her three other friends who took almost two hours for all of them to get ready and get here. And she probably just picked the restaurant she wanted to. She didn't have to run it by three other people and go with the majority. She got to go exactly where she wanted. She probably is going to go from here to like finish the rest of her errands for the day where I lost two hours of the day just waiting for these girls to get ready. I love them and everything, but you know, she probably gets around a lot faster. Uh, people are slowing her down a little less. And, you know, she's totally independent. She doesn't have to share her food with anybody. You know, this girl's living her best life. So you see that you can easily turn the exact girl from one kind of outcome to another. And, you know, it's the same girl. It's just your, your thought that changes. So this is exactly the same strategy that you're going to have to consciously employ. You know, rethinking that solo was something bad or a punishment or something for people, you know, like no one is willfully solo. Like it's always, you know, you've done something wrong to like, no, this is my conscious choice and I totally own it. And I'm stepping into this place of power and I'm reclaiming what solo means to me. Solo travel lesson number two of how we need to be thanking COVID, as the title of this episode suggests, is because you learned how to adapt super quickly. Now, there is an ancient Yiddish proverb that says, we plan, God laughs. During social distancing and quarantine, your plans, priorities, and basically your entire life 
stay to complete 180 degrees. Your sense of normalcy was redefined to fit the quote-unquote new normal, and this happened from one day to the next. Now, since this 180 happened a little while ago now, you might not be recalling it accurately, but here's a reminder. Your entire life changed, and that was a huge deal. And you adapted to it immediately, like literally from one second to the next, you adapted. Your time in quarantine is almost certain to be worse than anything that will happen on your first trip alone. And you successfully and quickly adapted to it. So this is because we humans actually adapt really quickly. Although I think it's not, I think a lot of women don't really identify themselves as having the ability to adapt quickly. But in fact, your quick adaptation muscles, which are not real muscles, but I name them that, your quick adaptation muscles are the same muscles that you are going to flex on your first trip alone. One of the biggest, albeit incorrect, reasons that people have social travel anxiety is they don't believe they have the capacity to deal with all the unknowns that will arise. But now you know this. You can change your entire life around from one day to the next. In fact, doing so was probably easier than you could have ever imagined it would be. In the case of solo travel, adaptation essentially means you're able to flip the script in your head to turn anything into a positive, survivable situation. Throughout my years as a solo traveler, I have adapted my thoughts to the point that my brain no longer gets to make concrete statements of fact for me. When I travel solo, I am so empowered that there are no bad, quote unquote, bad situations that I can't overcome And there is nothing that's going to stop me from having an amazing trip. My only travel plans as a solo traveler is knowing that the only constant is change. My only solo travel agenda item is to lean in more and keep going with the flow. So we have another thought exercise. And for this one, um, imagine you are in Mexico City, my favorite city, and you want to go, like many women, to the famous Blue House, aka the Frida Kahlo Museum, which, pro tip, if you are ever going to go to this museum, you must buy your tickets online in advance because the line gets like three hours long and ain't nobody got time. So, yeah, side note. Okay, so you're in Mexico City and... You have a whole plan that includes this museum that you're trying to squeeze in because now you know about the line and you want to avoid that drama. So here's your thought, initial thought. What a nightmare. I plan to go to the Frida Kahlo Museum on Thursday and now they are sold out of tickets. So, great. Now all the rest of my Thursday plans are ruined. So notice words like nightmare, ruined, um, 
these are kind of game over type of words as as far as like severity goes like you know ruined is 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 ruined like it's there's generally not coming no coming back from ruin and nightmare you know (laughs) the stuff that wakes you up out of a peaceful sleep um so in our revised thought we're going to take the same exact experience of the tickets to the museum being sold out and we're going to say this to ourselves instead. So this Frida Museum thing has been a hiccup. I was planning to go Thursday, but now I'm just going to walk around Mexico City and eat tacos instead. Oh well. This will certainly make for a funny story in the future of how I pretty epically failed to buy these tickets in advance. I guess I'll just have to come back to Mexico City in the future to go to this museum. So actually, this hiccup was a win-win for me. Okay, so instead of nightmare, we're calling this situation a hiccup, which as we all know, hiccups go away. Um, You know... And we've turned it into like somehow like a complete victory for you because now you got another trip out of it because now you're just going to come back to Mexico City again. So, oh, and also bonus, now your day is just consisting of eating tacos. So I just don't know of any museum in the world. And I feel like I've been to a few, but like no museum is better than tacos. That's that's just like a fact. But (laughs) so, yeah, we turned what originally started in the initial thought as a quote-unquote nightmare and we've turned it into a hiccup and we're using you know words like win-win and this will be a funny story in the future because eventually all stories kind of become funny and um yeah so we've turned we we're looking at the same situation in two different ways So in the original version of this story that we're telling ourselves, we are someone who does not have the ability to adapt super quickly because this museum being sold out of tickets means my entire Thursday is ruined. Now we're someone who's like, yeah, well, the museum's out of tickets, but I'm just going to make a new plan that's even cooler and involves tacos. And I'm just going to come back to Mexico City again. So I'm I'm not only the winner, I'm like, the queen of winning. So that is how (laughs) we can thank COVID on shining a light of just how quickly our adaptation muscles will kick in. Numero tres, number three of of these um, lessons, solo travel lessons, is how to befriend uncertainty. So things were not just uncertain during COVID-19. Things were uncertain AF. So try going back in time a little bit to your pre-quarantine self, like you know, like in January of 2020, and we're just starting to hear, you know, more, a little bit more and more about the virus, but it's definitely still in China, and it's definitely just still affecting, like, Italy, 
you know, very badly. And I remember those, those videos of like the Italians just on their balconies dancing and singing because they just couldn't leave their homes. Think about your headspace back then and yourself watching those videos and like explaining to, from your current self, explaining to that past self that you too were soon about to be locked down in your home during a worldwide pandemic now for the entire first half of 2020. But you know, like, a pandemic pandemic like the ones in the movies not like a practice pandemic or your past self like probably can't even you know like imagine you telling that to her and she's like I can't even like we can't there's no way we can be in a house that long that's just not gonna happen there's no way now we do a thing as humans and it's called catastrophizing. And with catastrophizing, basically when we don't have any idea of, of how a situation can turn out or may turn out, we assume the worst. And actually there's a really good reason for that. It is a means of survival. And as a survival mechanism, it works perfectly. So back in the day in our cavewoman days, when our brain was developing into the marvel that it is today, life was a lot different. Our uh, ancestors had to think in worst case scenario terms all the time because their physical body was under constant and imminent danger. Because since we did not yet build four-walled structures, that means they were never really physically safe. So worst case scenario, was like, was death. It wasn't, maybe this might turn out kind of weird. You know, it's like, no, a saber-toothed tiger could sneak up on me in the night. Like, their worst-case scenario was a little different than our kind of worst-case scenarios today, or the things that we make out to be the worst-case scenario. So, they always had to be thinking about and hyper-focused on the worst-case scenario. In this case for them that meant being killed so hence the brain's top priority is keeping you alive it's not me it's not letting you it's not helping you to thrive necessarily it's just keeping you alive the thriving part has to be your conscious choice so nowadays your brain actually still uses the catastrophizing mechanism to keep you alive which you should for sure thank your brain for because it's working However, you can't really turn this process off and on. This means your brain is always thinking in these catastrophizing terms, at least on some level, because, like I said, it's just trying to keep you alive. It's not necessarily super concerned with your overall happiness and you achieving your, like, hashtag life goals. So what does this mean for your first solo trip? It means... That since you've never traveled solo, your brain is catastrophizing it to keep you from doing it. That's why you're constantly thinking in like worst case scenario terms. And like I said, that is going to keep you alive. But if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably not super interested in anything but thriving. So 
subconsciously, you're going to need to flip the script on your brain. You're going to have to tell your brain that actually the uncertainty of what's to come on my first solo trip is actually the main reason I want to take that solo trip. So start rewiring your conscious thinking so that uncertainty is exciting rather than life-threatening. Okay, we have another thought exercise. And this is basically you just kind of thinking about solo travel and then, you know, at least semi-catastrophizing it because you don't, you don't really know what you're getting into. So here we go. I really want to be one of those cool solo travelers, but I know so many things can go wrong. Even the thought of just traveling alone is super scary. So I'm clearly not the type of person who can pull something like this off. I guess I'll just do the easy thing, which is to stay home and, uh, you know, maybe I'll think about this in six more months. So revised thought. Girl, walking into the unknown is the only way that we grow. Stepping out of our comfort zone is the fastest way we can achieve personal growth. Yeah, there will be some things that come up which will make us feel uncertain of ourselves. But let's just have some fun with them. Let's call those moments hiccups instead of catastrophes. Solo travel lesson, thank you COVID, number four, is how to go with the flow. So confession time. I used to be a total planner, like type A, fully planned, down to the hour. I wasn't so bad as the minute, but I was definitely like down to the hour. And although I no longer identify that way, I will say that I do believe planning does have its value. I also will say as a reformed type A planner that I do think the ultimate goal of every planner and parentheses over planner is actually to be able to go with the flow. So I think the reason that we plan and over plan is because we want to kind of run through every scenario and possible outcome in our head because if we've already kind of gone through them and know how we're going to react and and know where we're going to be at what minute and you know this is going to this domino is going to knock that domino down and and then the day is going to be perfect the reason for going through all that is because if we do then we can just show up and chill like we've already gone through all the what ifs and you know we have contingency plans for our plans but that means we can show up and just be calm and be in the moment because no stimuli in the outside world is going to kind of throw us off off balance so one of the undeniable quarantine and social distancing lessons is that if you don't go with the flow you will be forced to go with the crazy so as you now know (laughs) unforeseen things will come up on your first trip alone like there's just no way 
there's no way around that. Um, you're going to be, there's no way for you to kind of plan out how things are going to go once you step into the unknown of, of solo travel. You know, you become someone who must go with the flow or else you're going to go with the crazy, just like what happened during you know, quarantine and social distancing. So what you also now know is that you can treat the unknown as your friend. You can befriend the unknown. If all this sounds crazy, like you're never going to be able to achieve such a state of, of inner zen, <laughs> just open your Instagram, put in the hashtag inspirational quotes, and then scroll through for like, I don't know how many are in there, probably millions. Scroll through for like two days. <laughs> you're just going to be inundated with, you know, I'll paraphrase here, but you're just going to, it's going to be a whole lot of the magic happens when you step out of your comfort zone and into the unknown. You're going to have many options to choose from. Because this, you know, I hate to call it a cliche, but this cliche is actually true. Going with the flow is a true life skill and one that you are for sure going to need on your first trip alone and one that you for sure were able to cultivate maybe on a level you never have before during during the COVID pandemic. So for kind of this thought exercise, go back to that conversation, the fictitious conversation that you had with your past self when you're telling her that there's going to be quarantine 2020 for like six months. So for six months, you're going to be quarantined. How much uncertainty would that chick have, that version of you, in her ability to cope with the very quarantine that you coped with? She probably could not even imagine how you could live through it. But, spoiler, you did. You did live through it. And you did it by just surrendering, going with the flow, and being in the, the moments of day-to-day. -day. Now, the fifth and final why you should think COVID life lesson, solo travel and a life lesson, is how to activate your intuition. So in our day-to-day -day life, we often bounce our thoughts and ideas off of other people to get their feedback and make sure that if what we're thinking or planning is cool and not cray, cray, cray. When you are a solo traveler, that those other people, that other person to bounce your ideas off of is you. So while that may sound scary on your initial thought, this is also the single most empowering thing you can do in life. This is where the growth happens through solo travel. And honestly, without the constraints of social customs and social norms, we would all be 100% listening to our intuition. We would not be asking for second opinions if we were, li you know, us living as our most authentic self is us just doing those things, saying those things, creating those things, going after that dream. There's, you know, you don't, there's no need to bring in a second opinion. But, you know, understandably, we, we do that 
because we want to fit in and that's completely, completely fine. But as a solo traveler, you are going to have to, you're going to have to be that person for yourself. You're the judge and the jury for your decisions. And it's truly the, just one of the most empowering, empowering things you can do. So without, you know, like I said, without the constraints of social customs, we would be 100% listening to that inner voice, our intuition, and letting that voice guide us at all times. Since we often have to quiet that voice to fit in, we're not really accustomed to hearing her out. And so my inner voice is a her. Yours can be a, a, you know, replace the her pronoun with whatever you'd like. We're not super accustomed to listening to and following that inner voice. But the reality is you, your inner voice, your intuition always knows what's best for you. Unfortunately, the sad reality is that the world has led you to believe, led many, many women to believe that you only maybe kind of sort of possibly know what's best for you. But the good news is this. During social distancing, you started to hear that voice again because you are by yourself for such an extended period of time. She got to speak so loudly and clearly and tell you, this is what you need to do to cope and survive in this stressful situation. And you listened. You really weren't bouncing those ideas off of anybody else. So for some people, <laughs> how they needed to cope, their intuition told them, what you need to do to cope during this very stressful situation is make a sourdough starter. <laughs> While for others, that coping... The coping message from their inner voice was, you need to engage in the most epic Netflix binge of all time. For me, my intuition said you should start a vlog. So I did. And from that came this podcast. So the thing about your intuition is that she loves, 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 loves telling you how best to care for yourself and how to cope effectively. So long before COVID, your inner voice was dying for you to listen to her with the level of trust that you did during social distancing and quarantine. So while life post-quarantine will, of course, remain uncertain as we're just starting to come out of it, know this, your intuition is never going to steer you wrong not during a global pandemic, and also not on your first solo trip. That's our episode for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I sincerely hope that you're starting to see just how achievable your solo travel dreams are. If this episode resonated with you, and you know other women it will resonate with, please share it with them. Let's grow a supportive community of both aspiring solo female travelers and solo travel veterans so we can learn from, and more importantly, empower one another. Ready to join the community? Head to our private Facebook group called Dream to Destination and let's chat. 
If you're also curious about my solo travel adventures in Mexico, then you'll want to connect with me on Instagram and Facebook at Travel Mexico Solo for both. On the socials, I share all of my colorful Mexico photos, my destination recommendations, and links to my related Mexico travel blog posts each and every day. All the social media pages I just mentioned are linked in the show notes. Thank you once again for being here. I appreciate it so much that you're supporting the Dream to Destination podcast. But as a brand spanking new podcast, I will ask you to please, please, please help me spread the word. How can you help with that? It's super easy. Hit subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast. By doing those quick four things, you're going to be helping other women find us and go on to achieve their solo travel dreams as well. Until next time, dream on.